welcome to the Max 6 Community Connections radio show and podcast with your host, Jennifer Burwell and Kyle McIntosh. Max 6 builds better communities where people and businesses thrive. We are broadcasting live from the Max 6 Entrepreneurial Center in Tempe, Arizona, and we'll be shining a light on the incredible stories of businesses we work with and how they are serving our broader community. And here is this week's Community Connection. On today's show, we're talking with Gustavo Subayos and Mauro Rodriguez, the president and vice president of Geos Global. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah. And uh, I guess first, tell me a little bit about yourselves. Where'd you grow up? How'd you get from there to where you're sitting today? So I'm originally from Nogales, Mexico, border city with Arizona, which was separated during the sale of Mexico to the U.S., I went to school uh, in uh, San Francisco in the 80s, and from there, I started uh, working in the U.S., mainly in L.A. I started in the industry with a a very important company called Expeditors, and I'm proud of saying because they're they're a good school, and I I was there for eight years, and then I I moved on to to, uh, another company, a Japanese company, to offer me a a work with a Mexican company major uh, computer company, IBM, doing the same thing, international logistics, transportation, air, ocean. And uh, I was doing that out of LA, but I had to travel to Guadalajara a lot. And, um, and you know, then expeditors rehired me, sent me back to Nogales. <laughs> I went to LA. Well, I wanted to get out of uh, the border, but I, I they sent me back to Nogales and we were working with a major, major manufacturer of vehicles, a big, big plant. Uh, we were doing a lot, a lot of work. It was about 175 people I was in charge of. Some say I lost like three years of my life in that in that job because uh, we were working from 5 a.m. to 11 wow. p.m. <laughs> so it's, it was it was hectic. That's typically good, you know, uh, yeah. normal for this industry. Right? Exactly. And after that time, I wanted to move out of Nogales. It was too small. Just, I think they have a, a Walmart and a Starbucks. That's all I have. <laughs> and I, I moved up to Phoenix in, uh, in 2012. And I've been working with a few companies here. And then we decided to, to open up a shop uh, in June of this year. It's been a dream come true because we've been thinking about it for a long time. Well, we're happy to have you. Thank you. Very cool. What about yourself? As for me, I actually uh, grew up and uh, raised, you could say, in California, Los Angeles. Um, I started uh, in this industry back in 94. I was still in high school, as a matter of fact, when I first started. I was doing... uh, Evening shifts, you know, and I, uh, this was with Japan, Japan Airlines doing the co-loading of the uh, 747 freighter that they had. So I would work up to one in the morning and then head home, get up early in the morning, go to school. You know, that's typically how it works, right? When uh, uh, in a a Hispanic household, right, that you have to uh, assist, you know, certain things or cover yourself. And, uh, you know, time, as time uh, kept on going, I just kept on moving up in ranks, you could say. Started with airlines, then it went to becoming, uh, working in the free forwarding industry and so on and so on to the point where we are now. This is what, 26, 27 years later. You know, so as Gustavo mentioned, his background, you know, being uh, in this industry over 29, close to 30 years, myself doing that. 
it was time. It was time to do to jump ship and, and, and do our own thing. Yeah, I think we have a lot of knowledge, you could say, in what we do uh, to do to, you know, to be capable of doing what we're doing right now. Very cool. It's interesting. I have lots of questions. None of them are on this paper that I wrote down ahead of time. It's okay. It's It's okay. um, So both of you spent a number, a lot of years doing some version that led to where you are today, uh, working a lot of hours and, you know, getting, starting at 2 a.m. and going to school. And I, I mean, what does it feel like to be here having started this now and like, Really, it's probably exactly what you want to be have wanted to be building towards. What does it feel like to reflect back on where you started and all the hours and the energy that you put in to get to where you are today? It's it's amazing. I mean, on my end, I just uh, I would rem- I would go back when I first started in the industry, and I would always question, you know, myself: Is this something that you really want to do? You know, I would see other you know freight forwarding companies dropping off freight at the airline, and I would ask, like, you know, how. You know, how did these guys, you know, did these guys get there? Right. You know, and you have that that uh, question and you have that desire to do something, be somebody, you know, down the line. And it, it turns out that when you put something, you know, as a vision out there and you throw it out there and you work your your your, your butt off, you know, to get there, it, it, it happens. It happens. You know, so uh, it, it, it's uh, it's a, it's an amazing feeling, you could say. But it's not just being in the uh, industry and just having your own business to do this. Um, but it's just the the excitement of what we we are capable of doing with our customers. You know, what can we do differently than what our competition is doing? You know, and that's what we we look for and we strive for, and we're always uh, asking those questions. You know, it's not just a A to Z yeah. moving freight here. Excellent. Yeah, same for. Same. I mean, do you want me to answer? Yeah, please. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a dream come true. I mean, part of it, it you're you're extremely happy and joyous about it, uh, and, and then you know the things you don't think about is that you still have a boss, the <laughs> bank, right? <laughs> the <laughs> bank, and and then you have multiple. It's like you're playing football, and, and and you have five teams against you, right? You have the TSA, you have U.S. Customs, you have a DOT regulations. You have, uh, you know, IATA, hazmat regulations. I mean, we'll extremely regulated, but I mean, all those years, it, it kind of flows with us. You know, you know, oh, you have a hazmat shipment. Okay. What type is it? Oh, it's flammable. Okay. So, so, and then you have the, uh, the TCMA, you know, the ITAR and, uh, you have the, the BIS, everything, and there's all regulations involved, you know, and you have to be very careful about uh, not shipping um, parties that are denied, you know, like you can't send to uh, countries that have embargoes or people that, that are not in the no-fly list. It's definitely a dream come true, but there's other challenges that uh, you didn't have on your list. It's kind of like a getting married and having kids, right? <laughs> uh, but it's, 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 it's a great, uh, and we're really happy being here. I was talking tomorrow the other day into our, 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 our broker, our, our, our real estate broker. We're looking for, for a great office um, that was in a clean area close to the airport. Good luck, right? But we found it. We, we found it. We found a great community. We were not 
asking for the other uh, uh, value added that that you have as a community, you know, the the kitchen, the coffee, you know, and the the you know the community. We we weren't looking for that, but we we definitely um, hit the jackpot. With, we're blessed uh, with, with that. You found it all the same. We yes. Did. Well, we're glad to have you guys and. And uh, a great location too, you know, great right, right by the airport. We're, we're four freeways, right? four freeways, right, uh, right yeah, there, right for us. Yeah. So I'm interested in um, you have a lot of uh, international experience, and then what you're doing now is heavily international. I imagine we'll get into that, but just uh, it seems like you'd have a unique perspective on things, having uh, exposure to other countries and other cultures and. Uh, from the work-related things and how do I get this to show up where it needs to be with all those regulations you're talking about, but also just about how people are different or the same uh, across the world. I'm curious kind of what what you think about that, what you've seen in the world. Well, on my perspective, being a, being a border guy, I've always had the the international mind, right? I, I grew up in Mexico, but uh, all the TV was in English because... We didn't have uh, Mexican cable. It was uh, a U.S. cable. So that was our first perspective. For, and then we we could tell we were different from other people from Mexico because we were Americanized, right? We had the international, but we were also different from the guys from Nogales, Arizona, because they're, we were just different. You know, it's, so you... you kind of find the uh, people like uh, like in the border with Italy and, and Switzerland, right? You know, say, well, you ask uh, you ask somebody from Switzerland, you know, well, what's the best, what do you speak, right? They, they, well, you know, they speak, the official is German, but everybody speaks Italian, French, and uh, it's, it's kind of different when you're right at the border and you start learning that there's other people in the world, right? You start learning that you got to take care of everything that's important to them because what's important to you might not be important to them. And uh, you you find out with with shipping, with international transportation, you you need to clear everything out because every country has completely different regulations. There's Brazil, for instance, your invoice has to be in blue ink or your shipment gets penalized. It won't make it through customs if you're... Invoice is not in blue ink, so <laughs> different things, different things. Yeah, you know, just uh, you know, I, I guess uh, you know, having that lingo, right? We we you know, we all have the same lingo when it comes to transportation, uh, and knowing you know what ankle terms are. You know, when you're in the transportation industry, you have to know what ankle terms. So that's more of the lingo of connecting any country together and understanding what what applies to what. Um, you know, besides that is uh, communication, you know, communication on, on how, uh, uh, how the freight is going to be moved, you know, what is needed ahead of time before the freight even gets there, things like that. So, you know, it, it's just amazing working with other countries, to be honest with you, because you every, every day is something new in this industry and it doesn't get old. You know, like we said, we've been doing this for 20 plus years and uh, it, it doesn't get old. It's always something new, cons- you know, consistently. That's how I get out of bed every morning and walking in here. So I kind of know how my day is going to go, but I <laughs> something's going to happen. I'm going to yeah, learn yeah, something. Yeah. I mean, really being around people, it's uh, what do they value? Whether you're in the same country or different countries and these, uh, what do they get 
excited about and get out of bed in the morning yeah. for. And so uh, it's really exciting to get to learn that. And whether I agree or disagree or whatever, it's like, cool, tell me about that. I want to learn about that. You're starting a new mm-hmm. company today. That's great. That's uh, mm-hmm. how can I help? I think I spent uh, a year as a kid living in the Philippines and four years in Canada. So wow. uh, both English speaking, at least to an extent. And then there's uh, the French uh, and the Tagalog and but spent some time in you know a different place. And it's uh, it's very similar and it's very different. And the very different is really just, uh, you know, what's how did you grow up? What's normal around here as well as just these human being values of like, we want the, what's best for each other. And it's, it's cool to see, you know, going to a new place and seeing these real similarities too, that, mm-hmm. uh, Hey, we're all just trying to look out for each other. Really? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And you learn to, to value, uh, the culture, right? The culture, which is, I guess, if I remember from my, from anthropology class, it's a number of different habits and uh, customs that a, a group of people have. We have microcultures in 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 the U.S. and Mexico. You know, with me and my wife, they're you know whatever whatever is green for me is not green for her, and to that extent. And we're both from Mexico, right? Uh, we've even had fights over over Mexican food, right? Because <laughs> my family was from the, the south of Mexico. And then she says, no, northern food is better. No, no. We, we, we wouldn't talk to each other for half a day just out of, for Mexican food. But it's, it, it, and it's the same culture, right? So it's, it, it's very interesting how, how when you start writing emails, like in Japan, in Japan, you're supposed to send the most important people in the structure. You have to put them in the email first hmm. and, and and if you don't do that it's disrespectful right it's disrespectful and then you need to learn respect with with their culture if you're not doing that you you know they they don't they don't care they don't care about you if you know say oh he he doesn't he doesn't care about us we don't care about him yeah so it's 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 interesting that all the all the little changes right that it's, you have to keep in mind mm-hmm. yeah. keep it it's funny uh you call it customs and i just think about how many times I've gone into different cust- or different countries to clear customs. And that's where I'm thinking to myself, okay, I'm going to take my customs back and try and just be as neutral as possible to get through here. <laughs> then I'll learn your customs. And what I- yeah. 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 Uh, so tell me about how you guys met a number of years ago. Oh, oh my Lord. That's, a- that's an interesting story. <laughs> that's a very interesting story. This happened on 2013. I think it was the summer of 2013, yes, yes. right? Um, I had I had came, uh, came here to Arizona because I was planning to move here. I was literally tired um, of living in California, you know. So if you think traffic was bad uh, back in 2013, and imagine how it is now, it's crazy. I was just tired of that. So, and I just wanted to do something different, different, you know, something new. And uh, I remember one day. Um, just uh, searching, you know, free forwarders in, uh, in Arizona. I didn't care what it was, you know, to be honest with you. I just wanted to leave. Uh, at that time, I had a, a, a three-year-old and a one, uh, ter- about to be a one-year-old uh, when I um, was make, trying to make that move. And first thing that came to my, you know, to, to, to the search engine when, when I did that 
was our previous company. And uh, at that time, Gustavo, uh, I think he had like six months, seven months in the company. So he was, uh, you know, also uh, freshly new in the company. But um, I actually uh, was told that the person that made the decision wasn't, you know, wasn't there at that minute that, uh, they will give me a call back, right? But, you know, so when you get that message, you you might think, hey, either, they're not going to call me. You know, I'm like, okay, all right, here's my number, blah, blah. Little behold, he calls me an hour, hour and a half later, you know, and uh, we started uh, uh, chit-chatting and uh, started picking my brain. And then he just told me, hey, by the way, I'm going to be in California uh, next week. You know, is it okay if we, uh, you know, pencil in a, a interview? I said, yeah, sure. So I'm thinking, you know, it's going to be at maybe nine, ten, right? Ten in the morning. Uh, no, he actually uh, had me be at a Starbucks at 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> you know, so 4.30 in the morning, you know, so we're looking, you know, I'm looking at it. I'm like, okay, I mean, I'm not going to say no, right? You know, sometimes you can't, you have to think outside the box and get uncomfortable, uh, and, and, and think differently. Right. So I ended up going to this interview at four 30. I literally got up at three to make it to Anaheim from where I was living. Um, so I show up in a suit and tie, uh, showed up the, like, I think like 30 minutes earlier. Um, and I ended up dropping, you know, throwing the coffee on me accidentally. Oh. He was nervous. He I was, was nervous. I guess I was nervous. Uh, he, you know, Gustavo says I was nervous, but I just dropped it on me. And I'm like, oh, man, you know, so what is he going to think of me? But I always have that high standard, right? So he shows up and uh, Gustavo walks in the door and I'm looking, you know, like, where is this guy? You know, it's almost time uh, for the interview. And uh, he walks in and what were you wearing? I was in shorts with the, with the, <laughs> the, the real uh, Angry Bird shirt with the Donald Duck. <laughs> I was in Disney with my kids, so I, 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 I <laughs> with a four-day beard, right? So um, we were just talking, interviewing. And I had to say, "Yeah, you Mario," yeah, because he was the only guy with with coffee on his uh, <laughs> on not his the shirt. food, the coffee. You see yeah, that, right? Yeah. So uh, we 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 hit it off right away. We started talking, you know, about philosophy of business, uh, customer service, and. Uh, we hit it off right away, and then he moved to to Phoenix. We started working. We worked together for for seven years Almost in, in the year. previous company, and and, and we uh, we changed a lot of things. I mean, uh, one of the things um, that I I can definitely talk about here they they had an international department, and that's why they brought me in because they didn't have enough international business. They would sell like about $5,000 a month. And, and uh, we ended up, you know, doing that amount, like 300, 300 a month wow. uh, in, in a few months. So it's, it's, it's the relationships that you have and, and all the, all the, all the people that, you know, right. Plus uh, there's a lot of international companies in, in Nogales, Tucson and all that. So, uh, you know, we hit it off right away and, uh, and uh, one day over over a few beers we we decided that we we're going to open up our own our own company and that's the best the best way to make one of those decisions <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, start, it started with a, a couple of uh, beers and then we ended up celebrating like we already had opened it back then right <laughs> oh, that's good so brag on your company for a little bit here what uh, tell me about geos and and uh mm-hmm. Uh, international shipping, but uh, what it makes you different from another guy that's out there doing what you guys do? 
Okay. Well, uh, one of the, the, the things is that I think we, we bring the best of both worlds that we are, we, we follow procedures, right? It's, it's, it's always a good philosophy to, to follow a procedure because if you, if you have a procedure, you always will have the same project, uh, product, right? So, uh, success in arriving, communicating, wherever your freight needs to go. Uh, and uh, But we have a very simple way of doing it, right? Because we, when you've been at, with multiple companies, you can tell, I mean, oh, this company is trying to do this, but they do it very complicated. Plus, you add some politics and, and you know, and it's, it's easier. We have absolutely, we're against politics in, in, in our company. We're, uh, small, we have uh, streamlined decisions. You know, we from when the customer asks for the quote uh, to the sales process to when we do uh, um, a standard operating procedure for every uh, customer. Every customer has an assigned person. So you have a very important principle in logistics, which is one point of contact, right? So if you're communicating with different people, different styles, and say, oh, well, Roger told me the truck was going to arrive there. And, oh, no, yeah, but I asked Jenny and then I asked. So it, it gets all convoluted. So it's one point of contact. And uh, and we make it very, very simple. And we have a, a, a system that guides us through all that, an electronic system. And we provide updates, uh, uh, GPS for trucks, uh, planes, ships to our customers and 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 we're we're pretty proud of our system because everybody uh, a couple of the guys that work for us work for the previous company so we kind of we kind of feel they have the same philosophy and we we try to invite people to the same philosophy and we joke around because it's very stressful a very stressful uh, industry and we you have to be, have a sense of humor otherwise you'll you'll you, you won't make it yeah you won't make it right yeah. yeah, I mean, you have these customers, right, that, you know, sometimes they want to be held by the hand, right? And uh, they want to be uh, coached on how to do certain things. Again, you have, uh, you know, these small mom and pop companies that are getting started the same way we are, right, that don't understand the procedures for imports, exports, they don't understand the regulations. And, uh, you know, when you're dealing with uh, a big time forwarder out there, they, you know, in some cases, they might not have the time to kind of school you how to do those things or how to coach you through the whole process. And uh, that's where we come in. And, and you know, that we take our time uh, to, to, to mentor, you could say, uh, and, and teach those customers on what are, what are the best practices for that that does two things. It educates them how to do it. They don't, and, and if, uh, let's say for some reason, uh, they have to do another shipment and they end up doing it with someone else, you know, they know what the whole process is. You know, they, they, they're not going to be, uh, uh, look under, right? Well, if, and if they come back to you, it's got to make your life easier. Much easier, much easier. Cause that, that's, that's where the, that's the whole point of what we do is, is, you know, develop that, uh, that bonding relationship with our customers. We're not just their forwarder, we want to be their partner, you know, and that's the way we envision that, you know, and that's something that we push a lot to our customers that we're not here for one or two shipments. We're here for a long haul to uh, help them grow as, you know, as uh, time goes. So tell me about your customers. Uh, uh, are they 
large and small. You mentioned if it's mom and pop, they might have to coach them through it. But uh, what size are some of them and what would be, this is our ideal. This is, you know, put it in a box. Mm -hmm. We'd like more of these. Well, we are, our customers are small to medium size, but uh, some of the big customers uh, look for us because they know us from different, from other companies and they like working with us. But uh, uh, the optimal customer that we look for is medium, medium to small size uh, uh, importers and exporters. Some of them, uh, like Mara was mentioning, uh, are learning about, about exporting and some, some of the rules and regulations. And some of them already know them and, and they know that we know and they like working with us because we're, we're going to keep on making them compliant. Right? And that's, you know, some, some of the, the great, uh, one of those internal slogans that we have is to always be improving, right? Uh, we talk about, about improving everything you do 1% a day. If you improve 1% a day, in a year, you know, you'll have 365%. You multiply it by all, all the people and you, 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 you're going to be awesome. And that's, and we've seen that. We've seen that happen with the example I gave you with the $5,000 to growing a big department. Uh, I think we, we, we've been doing that and, and we're excited about, about that. Have you, have we talked about the book traction before? Okay. No. After this show, I'll bring it up right now. Okay. And it's a, there's, I'll give you guys each a copy after the show. I'm just sitting here listening, saying that book is what they're describing. It's a entrepreneurial operating system. So mm -hmm. how do you create the systems and processes people oriented, but in a way that uh, you're, you're speaking the language here that that 1%, 1% better. I was just talking about this with Chrissy and Steve downstairs and it's, Look, we have a lot of things that we've got to make better, mm -hmm. but let's just do one thing, get that one thing a little bit better. And then once we're great at that, we'll do the next thing a little bit better. And by the time we get through a week of that and a month of that, look, we've covered a lot of ground here. And so we don't have to get overwhelmed with all of these 180 things that are in your head and you're, right. you know, falling asleep at night thinking about these things, but just pick one, get really good at it, move on to the next thing. It's a great book. I'll give you each a copy. Excellent. Yeah. Awesome. And, yeah. And, and in our industry, we've seen a lot of, well, I can say that, a lot of crazy people yelling at, at you for making mistakes, you know, when I started. And we have that philosophy that we, we never, never yell at anybody uh, because if you, whatever you focus on, you'll continue doing, right? So if if you say, you know, if you say, you know, why you do that? Well, why? Because, you know, the internal, your internal uh, uh, dialogue is going to answer immediately. You know, it's, it has to do with neurolinguistics, right? It's, it's going to come. Well, if you have uh, uh, somebody present in you with like a, a bad teacher say, because you're stupid. That's why you're doing <laughs> that because you're stupid. Right. And we, we have a slogan that we say, uh, we say, uh, 100% integrity, uh, no, uh, accuracy, I'm sorry. 100% accuracy, uh, equals to 120% customer satisfaction, right? Because you have to, you have to make mistakes. If you, if you yell at people when they make mistakes, they'll make even more. Yeah. They'll make more mistakes. Mm -hmm. It's, it, it's a fact. So we, we try to, 
we try to guide them in a way that it's okay to make mistakes. You know, and we, we try to, to look at them that they don't make the mistakes, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, after, after all mistakes is, it's, it's, uh, it's the base for success, right? What they say, uh, success is a product of good judgment. Good judgment is a product of experience and experience is a product of mistakes or errors, right? Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, we, we try to, to keep our, our coaching very healthy and positive, right? No, I think that's, uh, calling it coaching. I mean, I was just, as you're talking about yelling at somebody because they made a mistake and what the outcome would be there versus coaching them. And I mean, just like sports, when you see, how do you motivate someone to not make that mistake again and become better? It depends on the time. Mm-hmm. There's a, there is a time and a place for, okay, we can't do that again. You screwed up or it's breaking a value. You lied, whatever it is. But the rest of the time, I mean, anybody that's making a mistake isn't sitting there wishing they had done that or Correct. they want to do better as well. How yeah. do we, how do we all do better? That's, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I think you talked about, you kind of talked about it a little bit, what makes you unique. And, and uh, it sounds like for some of these smaller mom and pop or smaller companies, the, the hands-on, the coaching, the uh, I'll take you through this. So you understand and you don't have to just wing it, figure it out on your own and hope it works mm-hmm. out. But uh, are there many others that do what you do? And, and I mean, I guess they might say some of the same uh, we've got to get it right every time. But what makes you guys different from them? Well, you know, in some cases, we have customers that, uh, you know, they're under contracts, right? So when you're under a contract and uh, you have a specific day of delivery, time frame, you know, you name it. Uh, you know, this year is not that many um, due to the whole pandemic going on. But when when that normally happens, you have to be there on time or they get dinged with penalties. And you're not, and it's not, we're not talking about, Two three hundred dollars, talk about thousands of dollars, especially, you know, if it's government contracts, you know. So when the, you know, when we're dealing with uh, customers like that, you know, that's where you know something that we mentioned was, uh, you know, standard, standard operating procedures. And most people say, well, uh, every company has those, yeah. But you know, are do are you following them? You know, the question is, are you following them? Because every account is unique. You know, it's very unique in every way. So. If you do not have specifics in there of timeframes, when are you picking up the freight? When it needs to, you know, when does it need to be delivered? Do we have the time to get it there at a certain time? You know, those are the questions that you have to ask ahead of time. And the beauty of it is that when, you know, with these customers that we're dealing with, they already know that, right? So it's easier for us because we've been dealing with them for many years in the past. So they know that this is something normal for us to ask. And when they provide it, it just goes smoothly. You know, and uh, when there's adjustment, you know, adjust- adjustments, you could say on the uh, upper, you know, on the process or something, then that's when we do adjustments on the on the uh, standard operating procedures. You know, and we both sign off on them, and that w- that makes us a little makes it a little bit unique. Uh, you could say because uh, we're all on the same page. You know, we don't have that. Mo- uh, you know, he said, she said. You know, we take that and eliminate it completely. And uh, you know, so when customers sign off on that, this is what we have, right? If something comes up, then we'll adjust. You know, as we as we go on, and uh, it's more of a programming our operations team and their uh, 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 pro- you know operating uh, a team as well. That it is communication is key. You know, everything has to be put in writing. 
It's not like he told me. No, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, and yeah. And, and you know, to to your question, we we uh, our process is very simple. We make it look easy, but it's it, it has a, its own it, it, its own caveat because everything is in writing. You know, everything. Let's say if you have a company that manufactures telephones, we would have your process of how we pick up, deliver uh, all your addresses, all your vendors. We have a copy of your invoice, your requirements, POs, part numbers, you know, name of contacts, hours of operations of the different locations that you're dropping off. But we make it very simple. Uh, our application, you know, it's not like a six-page application and we check background on every, you know, we just, it's very simple. It's based on Dun & Bradstreet. We do it online. Um, it's a, a five minute decision. And then if there's, if there's something we need to, we need to decide, it's just, it's just Mauro and myself. And, and that's it. I mean, we, we don't have to go ask the vice president of the Southwest to talk to the vice president of <laughs> North America. And, and, you know, it's, it's, we make it very simple for our customers and we have a, a clean uh, operation. I think that's something that doesn't get talked about enough is is the necessity to not just create these processes and systems in business, but to make them simple. Right. And yeah. whether it's for myself working in a company and needing to be able to follow the bouncing ball the same way every mm-hmm. time or confusing uh, in the book traction, there's there's two terms, proven processes and core processes. So front of the house and back of the house. Mm-hmm. If there's a stage and I see the actor acting, and I think, wow, they're just doing all this on their own. I don't see the pulleys going behind mm-hmm. the scenes and all of, all of the things that are happening behind the scenes that they don't need to, I, the viewer of this actor, doesn't need to know about all of that stuff. Exactly. I just trust mm-hmm. that it's all working smoothly. Uh, they've got their processes behind the house figuring all that out. And so what I see is my experience, it's just simple. Mm-hmm. It just works every time. It's the same every time. And so I, I understand how to then experience or what, what my expectations should be. Yeah. That's where the whole, uh, you know, trusting your team comes in. You know, they, they do their job. Everything's going to be smooth. That's yeah, absolutely. Yeah, That's, yeah. And, and then having a good principles, having weekly meetings where you communicate, give, give feedback, feedback and go running through the, the right, the right data. Right. Because you could have a meeting and talk about, uh, you know, the weekend football games and, and stuff. But if you talk to the right data, you know, what? Are, oh, how many quotes do we have? Uh, how many do we hit? How many do we miss? What is the problem? Is it our carriers? Is it, you know, that they're benchmarking us? Is it, you know, there's a lot of factors. And then you start looking at your sales data and then your new, new accounts, your pipeline. And we share that with everybody so so they can learn also. They can learn that, we're looking at how we look at our our accounts, right? How we're doing our pipeline, and we we do that every every week. So I've I've heard a few things from you talking about uh, 100% accuracy is 220% of customer satisfaction, and measuring data and having those conversations with the team and coaching. Where I could see these uh, being a part of this culture that's being developed in your company mm-hmm. is that. Is there a way that you would describe this is what our company culture looks like, or is it more of those just 
little things as they come up that this is how we do things here. This is how, if you behave in this way, that matches with our values. Uh, how would you describe your company culture? Yeah, well, we have, I mean, we have it written down. Our culture is like number one customer satisfaction is is, is very important for for our culture. Human capital, that people are the most important thing. In some some companies see people as a means to an end, right? To us, it's 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 that's that's the most important thing. To so everybody, it's happy working for us that they grow, and that we give them the environment so they can grow, right? So we we're all working so we can open make the office bigger and they have more responsibilities, or we can open another office and. They're, they're growing organically, right? We're not having to hire people and say, oh, I have a new boss. Great. Come. You know, nobody likes that. Yeah. You know, saying everybody gets excited when somebody in the team uh, grows up, right? And uh, our integrity is very important for our, our culture, right? And like we said, you know, have it take everything in the light way. And, and when it's stressful, we always make jokes. And and we we try to make the, the person who made a mistake you know, make light of it. Say, you know, it's it's every day. You know, I I used to, I used to go home to my wife and say, oh, you know, it's it's a bad day. We had a mistake. Say, well, now she asked me, well, it's it's a regular day in the logistics business. Honey. <laughs> you know, so it's 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 normal to have a a, a lot of stuff. So we have a we uh, we promote creativity and optimism, right? So that people find ways to ask the right question, right? So and not like, why did this happen? Well, like I mentioned before, because you're stupid, right? Your brain's going to answer that. But if you ask the right question, how can we fix this? Enjoy the process and get a good result. You know, your your heart disk is going to go, and you're going to find the answer. You're going to find the answer sooner or later. But if you ask the right answer, right? And that's what we promote to creativity and, and have optimism, right? That, that we're always going to, Go ahead, uh, get ahead. It doesn't matter how bad things look, right? And that's, I think it's better than having a, a negative outlook on, it on things. It, I, it, it has to be. It is. It feels better. It's uh, tomorrow's going to happen either way. And so exactly. take that into it and, and come running. Yeah. So we have been through a interesting time over the last six months uh, oh, yeah. in the world. And has it been hard some I'm sure it's been hard some days, but how have you found ways to continue to have optimism and creativity? And what has there been some uh, negative repercussions you've had to figure out over the last number of months with an early stage company going through the pandemic? Uh, uh, what does that look like for you guys? <laughs> well, on, on our side, you know, when we uh, when we first started, uh, you know, I actually would get a. Uh, a lot of like feedback from customers, like, are you sure that that's something that you want to do? You want to go live, you know, and especially with what's going on. And, uh, you know, again, if, if, you know, if you're not doing something you want to do, you right. If you're not pushing forward to, it doesn't matter what's going on, you know, as a matter of fact, uh, I think we see this as a, uh, you know, as a, a hurdle, right. And, 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 in our, um, in the industry and in the business, and uh, by us jumping this hurdle, it's just going to make us stronger. You know, right now, uh, you know, we're we're being very successful in what we're doing. And I can't imagine how much more successful we're going to be once this starts getting cleared, you know, a little bit, you know, uh, down the line here. Uh, uh, some of the customers that, uh, you know, 
uh, are right now, you could say, um, on the standstill. Those are the big, big customers that are in standstill right now. And uh, I just can't imagine once they start going live, which we're getting a little bit of a, a, a live, you know, heartbeats going on right now with them. So once that's, you know, starts jumping up, it's going to be crazy. It's uh, exciting. It's exciting. It's exciting. And that's what what makes us is that uh, uh, with, you know, within the four, six, uh, four months that uh, we've been up and running, it's it's just making us better and better every single single month. And it allows us to kind of put our word out there and promote ourselves a little bit more. You know, so it, it's giving us a little bit of a little, little uh, wiggle room, you could say, with the smaller little companies here and there that need the help. Sure. Cool. What's, is there, is there one thing that you could pinpoint and say, if this pandemic hadn't happened, we wouldn't have gotten this positive thing that's coming out of it. I think this is a, I don't know, you know, how to say this, but I I think if this wouldn't have happened, you know, us being in business, it would still, it would still happen, but would we be where we're at right now? We don't know. You know, that's just a question mark, right? Uh, so I think, uh, you know, God does things for reasons, you know, and this is one of them. You know, it happened and this is how it's, you know, everything is lining up. And uh, uh, most people say, you know, let's see when you see the light, you know, at the end of the tunnel. We've been seeing that light for many years, you know, since we wanted to do this business. Mm-hmm. And, and that's our main focus is keep on moving forward and just make sure that we're, uh, keeping our customers happy with what we're doing. Yeah, and you know the positive side about this, and there's some there's some uh, government incentives that that we wouldn't have otherwise. Right. You know, for small companies, right? Like six months with without paying your your uh, loan and your yeah. principal and, and interest. That's that, that's that's big. a good help. Yeah, that's good help. And and uh, and a lot of a lot of people have a different different uh view at 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 i guess at at giving you a shot right you guys are struggling in the pandemic i'll give you a shot let's see how you do it that's all we need just one shot just mm-hmm. one shot that's all we need and then they see that that we that we're awesome and handling communications and shipments and and our team is very communicative and very professional and they they love us and they stay with us right and but that's all we need one shot yeah, it's interesting. The uh, obviously, I wouldn't wish the pandemic, you know, to have happened. And it's, I yeah. think, I, I think we have an interesting relationship with business in general, too, where we get these stories of these overnight successes, and we don't hear for many of these stories the ten years leading up to that that mm-hmm. led to this seemingly overnight success. And uh, ask any of those people, would you trade? any of those 10 years for that success? Would you go back and do anything differently? How would you know to do what made you successful if you hadn't experienced all of those things? And so I think, uh, you know, I guess one way to frame looking at this pandemic is no, I don't wish it on anybody. Right. Having been through it, I've learned a hell of a lot. Yeah. And I think we've become a better business because of it. I think we have learned how to, rely on our team in a different way on the fly, making quick decisions, trying to think about the broader community, all the companies that are a part of this. And uh, it, it has been uh, in some ways very positive. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, I wish it would go away at the same time, but yeah. it humbles you. Yeah. It humbles you. Yeah, exactly. What, uh, 
What do you guys do for marketing, finding new customers? How do you get out there and tell your story? Well, uh, basically, we we have a we have a very simple plan for marketing. We have uh, number one, we we try to stay in touch with uh, all the networking uh, associations that touch our industries that we want to get involved, like the aerospace industry, high tech industry mining industry, automotive industry, maquila industry, like the border factories, um, and everything that has to do with uh, logistics education because you get you get employees and then, and then you can get some leads out of customers, right? Some of the guys who graduate from there go, go and work for a manufacturer and say, hey, I remember that guy who was talking about uh, you know, communication and, and, and then you, you, you start network networking and we also do uh, social media, LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, and, and we have, you know, our website, we, we, we build our website and funny, we've gotten two or three customers out of there without three customers, just the website working overnight. Um, and even customers right now, uh, you know, we have just one particular customer, uh, that has uh, provided us uh, three actual customers now. So it's word of mouth, you know, and that's, that's what, you know, what we're proud of is that, you know, the reason we're doing that is because we're doing an awesome job providing the service, right? That, that's the mark that, of a good exactly. company. So, exactly. And, and, you know, and when they actually have something, they encounter issues or anything, you know, he's like, he doesn't even hesitate. You know, hey, I got these, this guy, he could help you out, you know, with this transportation, doesn't matter if it's international, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, when, and every single time that we actually have that conference call with that customer, uh, you could tell, you know, that they're very like stressed out, they're tight, like, you know, they don't want to give too much information, like, you know, they've been through 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 some issues, right? And by the time we're we're we hang up and we're done, they they tend to be more at ease. You know, like, okay, you know, let me the next shipment, let me run it with you and, and start doing the whole process with you guys and see how it is. Cause again, the way we explain things, you know, we simplify it. Uh, making sure that, you know, uh, let the transportation, you know, let us do that for you. Don't worry about that. You know, let, let, let us do that. You take care of anything else you want to do. Uh, don't be stressed out. Um, and there's times that customers are like, no, I want to do it. I want to try it. And then they try that one shipment. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You do it now. <laughs> the next one you handle it. We've yeah. had that, yeah. you know. So it's, uh, again, it depends on customers and how they want to handle the first one. And then that's how it starts growing. You know, it starts growing to the point where uh, it's not just international transportation that we get. Then they start asking, hey, I have this domestic shipment. Can you guys do, you know, overnights? Yeah, we do. Uh, can you do a, a you know, a, a white glove service? Yes, we do. So uh, everything we have, you know, at service levels, they actually can use those. And they could, you know, uh, it helps them be successful and it allows us to, you know, uh, to promote ourselves, not just with them, but their friends, you know, uh, business partners and many others. I think you said something that really stuck with me that I think about this all the time and how companies think of themselves and market themselves. And you are a shipping logistics company, but what you talked about is really what you're able to give to that other person on the other end is peace of mind, mm -hmm. is... Uh, take yeah. a breath and just relax because we got this. We got you covered. Mm -hmm. And whether it's uh, 
I mean, we sell square foots of space in a building. And so if I was always focused on each square foot, it'd be totally transactional and we'd be in a race to the bottom on pricing of anyone else down the street from us. But if my mind is, how do I allow geos to be in their office doing what they love to do and are put here to do, to do it well for others and to serve others? And it just happens to be on a number of square feet. It's so much more rewarding to do. It's yeah. it's so much more, how do you expand the value of that square foot is by allowing you to continue to do more with it. Uh, it's I, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they say. Uh, pri- pricing. Price is only an issue in the absence of value. Exactly. You know? And I always say that to customers because they always say, well, yeah, you know, uh, but this, you know, I'm getting this pricing. Well, at the end of the day, you know, price is an issue and absence of value. You, you know, you want price, we could give you price. But at the end of the day, the service is not quite there because we got to base the service on the price that you're getting, which means who's the tools, who are we utilizing to move this freight, right? Uh, we don't want to give your freight to a, a C carrier when we should be giving it to an A carrier just to save you $50, you know, so, uh, and sometimes customers see that they're like, you know what, I'd rather pay the additional because I know you guys are going to take care of it and, and all that. And don't get me wrong. Sometimes we would bend backwards trying to negotiate certain, um, you know, uh, pricing to, to, uh, you know, to accommodate them, but there's cases that you can't, you know, and, and that's where the transparency comes in where you say, well, I'm not your forward. I'm your business partner. I'm a, I'm your second pair of eyes. You know, I'm here to help you, uh, make things smoother if there's an issue, I'll take care of that when it comes to the transportation side, you know, um, and, and that's what they love. So what does it look like in a year, five years, and as much as you could hope for, I guess, for us to look for? What is it? What do you, what's the vision like? If we, everything goes as we planned, we're, we're probably uh, thinking of opening another office in, in October of 2020, uh, 21, I'm sorry, 2021, uh, at this October, um, uh, we're it, for us. It's strategic to have offices in areas that you have uh, big ports, airports like uh, you'll be Los Angeles, Seattle, Seattle, Portland, and then we'll we'll go overseas, probably Europe, right? Um, UK, France, and that's that's how this business grows. You have to you have to be. You have to have uh, boots on the ground on on important cities, right? And and you go based on on your customers, right? You have your customer and say, well, why don't you open it in uh, in the UK? I have a project uh, going on there, and and they kind of like kind of lead your 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 growth. And that's why Mara is, is is saying uh, being a partner to your to your customers is like learning their business. They they start to open up more to you and. And then you you grow together. That's the beauty of it. Sounds great. That's, so I've got a couple of questions that we always ask every guest. We, Jen, who's usually with me as well, don't have anything to do with anything, but they're your curiosity. <laughs> we're tracking them, and uh, I think they're interesting. Um, so first question uh, for each of you, what is your favorite book? And if it's different, what is a book you'd recommend? Okay, well, uh, on my side, uh, I've actually read this book many times, which is The Power of Focus. Um, That is just a a book. I've actually read that four or five times, maybe. And uh, and most people will laugh at this, but 
some of you guys that have read this in, in the past, you might know why you say you might laugh is Who Moved My Cheese? That's an awesome book for me. Yeah, those are my two uh, favorite books. Um, and it just uh, allows you to understand what, what is focus. Most, you know, most people have different types of focus and how you could stay focused, right? But um, Who Moved My Cheese is Don't Get Comfortable. You know, everything that you do in life is going to be the same. And all that, if you allow your life to be the same every single day, it's going to stay the same. So being uncomfortable and staying uncomfortable is key to becoming successful. All right. I have said, I don't know how many times over the last six months, you've got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Uh-huh. Because whether you are seeking out growth or it's happening to you, you just got to get comfortable with it because otherwise you're going to be reacting to it all the time. Yeah. And it's, it's one of the harder things to do sometimes is, uh, especially if it seems like it's happening to you. I'm not going out to go to school or educate myself or whatever. It's something's happening, the pandemic or whatever it is. But you know what? I'm just going to be as comfortable as I can with this and roll with the punches and be optimistic and, mm-hmm. and show up mm-hmm. and, and be stronger another day. I think that's wise. Yeah. 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 Mine is uh, uh, Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And another one that I really like is uh, Tony Robbins, Awaken the Giant Within. Right. I was going to say another one, but it has nothing to do with business. So. <laughs> Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> the, Prophet. the Prophet. The Prophet. The Prophet is a good book. Like I said, part of this is just a uh, wicked curiosity that I have of uh, mm-hmm. great books. So yeah, yeah. keeping a list. So the second question is Jen's question. I'm asking on her behalf. Tell me something about each of you that people might be surprised to know or don't typically know. Hmm. That's a good one. What would it be? Am I? I don't know that that I, <laughs> that, that I, I ruined my my uh, my culinary experience by going to culinary school. Oh, so every time you go to a restaurant, you find out what they're doing right or wrong. I, I took a break for six months and I went to culinary school here in, in Scottsdale. And that's, that's interesting. That is very interesting. It, I have a good friend who went to culinary school in Scottsdale and he's a chef now at a restaurant mm-hmm. called Kai in town. And uh, it's fascinating to me to watch what he makes at home versus what he makes, uh, you know, for other people and that whole process mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. It's all just ones and zeros if you're doing it for other people and doing exactly. Yeah. As for me, I would say more of a challenge. I think it comes more from uh, being into sports, right? Uh, when someone says, "No, you're not gonna be able to do that," uh, it kind of lights a fire, you know. Like, "Oh, really? All right." That's it. And I, and that's the thing is that you always put put a time frame. You know, when people say something like that, put a time frame of when your goal is to accomplish that. And, you know, I've impressed a lot of people, even family, you know, direct family to mine, uh, uh, to me, that uh, they think uh, that it's, uh, certain things are, it's, it's impossible. And it turns out, you know, it is possible. You know, it is possible. Uh, a good example is uh, my mother. My mother uh, moved from California, um, what, uh, four years ago, four years ago. Uh, she was staying uh, at my uh, brother's uh, house. She just, you know, she is the type of person that she'd rather be living by herself, right? So I ended up, uh, she basically one day told me, you know what, I just need a house. I can't, I, you know, I just think I'm over, 
stepping here with your brother, but, but I said, all right, mom, you know, give me three months, four months, let, I'll get you a house. And uh, three months later, she had her house, you know, so uh, she's staying close to me and, and it just gives me that uh, satisfaction that, uh, you know, if something goes on, she's very close to me, you know. Um, so in the end of the day, I've been her retirement. And that's that gives me uh, that ple- personal pleasure. That's powerful. That's, I mean, it's got to serve you well in all aspects of life, too. I love when people tell me no. Yeah. Why? Yeah, I like watch challenges. Yeah, I just watch out. You know? yeah. When I was, uh, I, I was before college, I went to summer school in Tucson. And my English teacher said, you, you're not ready for college English. You know, you're, you, you, you can't speak well. You can't write well. Oh, yeah? Oh, you, I'll, I'll go. I'll go. I don't care. And, uh, and I, I went to, they, people laughed at me in the first, first few semesters, but I, I think I got a little handle of what the English language is. It's, uh, I've gotten bitten by it a couple of times, but it's learning experiences, <laughs> but yeah, sure. I'll, do, so, I'll make that happen. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Gustavo Mauro, can you, uh, please tell anyone listening how they could find you online, find out more about Geos? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you can find us at www.geosglobal.com. That's our uh, website. We're also on uh, on on Instagram uh, with Geos Global. Uh, that's our page. Um, LinkedIn, and LinkedIn as well as Geos Global, uh, and uh, we're here. You know, we're here in uh, 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 Tempe. Um, and uh, if they want to go ahead and uh, reach out to us, uh, phone number is four eight zero six. Uh, 084430. Great. Mm-hmm. And here at Max 6. That's and here at Max 6. That's the awesome part about it. So thank you, uh, Mauro and Gustavo, for being on the show today. It was a great conversation. And until next time, thank you for being thank an you, awesome thank part of the community. Thank you, Cal. Appreciate right. it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Max 6 Community Connection radio show and podcast with your hosts, Jennifer Burwell and Kyle McIntosh. We are off to continue building better communities where people and businesses thrive and telling the stories of capitalism as a force for good through the businesses that we serve. To be a part of the conversation, join us for a tour of the Max 6 Entrepreneurial Center in Tempe, Arizona, or find us at max6.com.